to the Technology Trust, 10 minutes of technology news, product reviews, demonstrations, and information to make your computing more secure and reliable. I'm your host, Ken Sachs. And I'm your host, Chris Colson. Let's go ahead and get started. We have a lot of information to cover today. We have a lot of news about Apple. Over the last several days, there's been a lot of announcements, new iPods, reductions in cost on the, on the iPhone, Apple, and Starbucks. So uh, we'll go ahead and, first of all, let's talk about the Apple and Starbucks partnership. And that's going to be very exciting. I don't know if uh, if many people uh, use Starbucks for their free wireless. I think there there's a lot of people that do, but this should be quite interesting where people that are using the new iPod Touch phone will be able to download any song that's playing, and they'll be able to download it directly to their music player as long as retrieve a list of the last 10 songs. Chris, do you use uh, Starbucks or, or wireless? I don't use Starbucks, but I do use an iPod, and from my understanding of the news is that you're going to be able, anywhere that you can get wireless access, if Starbucks or Panera or any one of these local places, you'll be able to get online and actually purchase songs from the iTunes store and download it directly to your iPod. And that's part of, I guess, the new uh, iPod that was introduced that has the Wi-Fi. It kind of looks like an iPhone, but without the telephone capabilities. We'll have the Wi-Fi built in. I think that'll be pretty exciting. As you know, Chris, I'm not a big fan of the iPhone, but I certainly think that yeah. um, that this is going to be a, a real boost or continued success for Apple with their, their new product line of iPod. I'm sure you saw that the price reductions of the, the iPhone, there were so many people that went out and spent $600 you know, for the new iPhones, and uh, now we see that uh, there's been a, a price reduction on their 8-gig model, now sell for, for uh, $399, which is $200 less than before. So that's going to be quite quite interesting, real kick in the pants to those people that spent all the big bucks when they first came out. So do you think you're going to get an iPhone, Chris? I don't think I'm going to get an iPhone at this point, multiple reasons, mainly because of going with AT&T. probably seen there's a lot of news out there about people making software, to crack the phone so you can use it with any provider. I don't know if that was a leak from Apple, but it seems like four or five different organizations all seem to come out with this crack about the same time. So it makes you wonder, is Apple doing something behind the scenes that are trying to get out of their five-year contract with with AT&T? I do like the interface on the iPhone, that it's a touch type of thing. It's not that round circle that you see on most of the iPods. Everybody that you talk to that's ever had an iPhone or is looking into um, this new product from Apple that's not actually the phone, but it's all the other features. It's basically an Apple PDA. Well, that's going to be very interesting, too. You know, you brought up a good point about the AT&T wireless network. I mean, in the past, they have not had a lot of uh, happy customers because of performance issues. A lot of people say the AT&T network is a lot slower than than some of the other networks that are out there. Also, uh, with the you know being locked into this two-year contract, you know a lot of people don't like that. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's really great that uh, they have these hacks out there uh, that will unlock those phones and allow people to remove the uh, the SIM, AT&T SIM, and put in a T-Mobile SIM or some other SIM. Uh, why do you think all these uh, software hacks came all at the same time? That's a good question. If you're locked into a five-year contract and you get a lot of marketing out there, a lot of press releases, you're spending a lot of money on this campaign, and then you find out there's not the demand just because you're dealing with strictly AT&T, 
what else could you do? Well, you can release, you know, some sort of crack or at least a part of the code that has the locking feature of the AT&T SIM. This is purely my speculation. There is no proof of this. But if you think about their marketing strategy, they want to be able to have people buy this product for $400, $600 to $400. Great. Now what can they do with it? Well, if they can hook it up to whoever their provider is, it makes that much more sweet for the end user. Won't uh, Apple be missing out on an awful lot of revenue? I mean, sure, surely they were getting some sort of a residual from AT&T. I mean, if you had, you know, millions of people using this phone and, on the AT&T plan, I mean, this is going to be a big hit to Apple's revenue. I'm just surprised that they're not doing something to try to, you know, prevent people from, from using these hacks, whether it's uh, some sort of a software update uh, to iTunes or something that's preventing the hacks. Do you have an iPod? Uh, we do have an iPod. We have an iPod Nano and a Shuffle. Okay. You notice that every time that you open up iTunes, it goes out there and says, oh, there's a new iTunes update. So yes. what if they found a way undo the unlocking? Uh, one of the guys on Leo's podcast, he's over in England. He came over here to the state just for the release of the iPhone. He has the iPhone, but all he can use it as is a PDA. He can't use it over in England quite yet until he looks into some of the software cracks. Wow. Well, that'll be interesting to see how that all pans out because, you know, uh, a lot of these cracks, too, it looks like some of them are software only. It looks uh-huh. like some of them do require you to open up and make some changes uh, internally on on the hardware. So I, I don't know how popular they're going to be because, you know, if, if I spent $600 for a, an iPhone, I'm not going to be real eager to, you know, want to bust the thing open and start getting my soldering iron out and make some changes to it. Well, it depends how technical you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, and one thing we had noticed today uh, with the price changes with the iPhone, with the new iPods, Microsoft announced this morning that uh, they're dropping prices on their Zunes. Uh, the Zune music players really have not been that popular. They're, uh, it's really difficult to, to give them away, but they did cut their price $50 off the Zune. So do you think that's going to uh, increase the popularity of the Zune, or do you think that uh, Apple just really is going to maintain the major market share? Well, that's a good question, Ken. I think the real question is where can you get the music that you want and what can you do with it? NBC is moving all of their content over to Amazon. Mm -hmm. Then you have Sony with their Sony Connect. And Sony Connect said that you can only download songs from their software to Sony devices. Kind of the same market that Apple has with you can only download songs from iTunes to your iPod. There are ways around it, of course. But I think it's just a matter of the content that you're looking for and who can provide it. This DRM with Apple, uh, you know Apple has been fighting DRM for a while. Now, I think Microsoft is doing away with that. Is that correct? Well, I don't know about Microsoft. You know, it was, it was exciting at the end of August when Walmart announced that they were going to be offering DRM-free music downloads, you know, the, the typical $0.94 cents per tune, which, uh, which I, I think is really exciting, the fact that they're going to release music with no copy restrictions, I think that's great. I mean, not that we want to pirate, not that we condone pirating of music, but you know, just the fact that you have that copy restriction on there really bothered me. 
Yes. And, uh, so I've, I'm really excited about Walmart uh, doing this and selling this DRM-free uh, music, and uh, we'll continue to, uh, you know, we'll continue to support them. They do sell songs as well in the uh, Microsoft WMA format for 88 cents. So perhaps that will help with the Zoom. Uh, it, it's hard to say at this point. Have you used the Zoom at all, or I, I have looked at the Zoom, um, you? and you know, it's it was interesting. It, to me, it's a little bulky, you know, because I was used to the iPod uh, Nano. I wasn't really impressed with the size, but the video quality I thought was pretty good. The sound quality I, I think is pretty good, but the ear pods that come with the Apple products are far superior to anything yes. I've heard. I agree with that. The sound quality on the, the earbuds that come with the uh, the iPod products are actually superior. I have actually have three different versions of it. I have one at Sony, one Panasonic, even have one that's here branded by Microsoft, but the Apple ones sound great. I'm actually looking at the Zune website right now, and it has wireless sharing, built-in FM radio, a 30-gigabyte hard drive, and for only $199. Right. Does right. the iPod have FM radio? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I have not seen that yet, but it's my understanding that the new iPods may have FM, you know, coming to it. You know, there's also speculation that it's going to have Bluetooth as well, which I, I think is going to be very interesting. We're running low on time here, but I did want to go over one other story, which you had some information on. This is Google's new GPay. You had some information on that? Uh, it's been swelling for weeks now, and Google Payment System is where you can use text messaging to purchase items. About a year or two ago, there was a, a gentleman over in the Middle East who made a soda machine capable of receiving text messages, or you could even call the the soda machine, and it would actually spit out a soda and would charge your cell phone bill. What this is is the next step above that in that what it looks like, they, they have a diagram, and if you do a search for Google uh, patent or if you go to um, just do a search for GPay, you can actually see that they have a phone, goes to an SMS server, then goes to a actual payment system that's linked to your bank account, then goes to another server to uh, notify the and recipient that there's a payment. Then once that payment's received and acknowledged, it goes back to the, the payment server that's linked to the accounts, authorizes the transaction, moves back to the SMS, and then sends both parties a message that the transaction has been complete. That's probably the easiest way to explain that. What is this going to mean for end users that are using GPay? How, how is this going to benefit them? Say your friend goes to the store and buys something for you, and you don't have any cash on you. You can just send a quick text message to them on their phone and send them the money that way. Hmm. So this way, uh, you know, and I saw some other articles about using ATM machines with cell phones, using text messaging. So this could be uh, just the beginning of uh, quite a technology. Now, the cell phones and ATMs kind of concern me in that if you accidentally send a text message – to the ATM to give you $200 and you're not there, what's going to happen? Right, right. There, well, there could be a lot of spoofing. There could be a lot of other uh, uh, you know, negative things in there too. So we'll have to we'll have to monitor that. So would that build upon this GPay thing? If you actually well, send money to somebody that you're not sure of, or you know, you send it to the wrong number. That's a good point. That's a very good. There's a lot to lot to uh, think about in this. 
Well, we are out of time for today, but uh, it's time to send another podcast to the vault. You've been listening to the Technology Trust with your host, Ken Sachs and Chris Colson, and we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.